Trent, uh, Trent Jacobs is going to come and share with us a little bit this morning. And, and uh, what was that? What did someone just do? Yeah, yeah, you can do a bit of that when he comes up. That's all good. <laughs> and uh, Trent has been working with, uh, with Nicole and myself and uh, all of the, all the kinship group leaders at, over the last few months. And we've had a number of training events together. We've been equipping each other to know how to serve God's heart for relationship and pastoral care in the church. And for those of you who maybe are new here, or maybe a reminder for those of you who've been here a long time and you may have forgotten, small group life is the front line and fabric of pastoral care in this church. We believe that everyone is equipped to do the works of Jesus. Our job is to empower, equip, and release everyone to do the works of Jesus. It's the, you guys are the ministers of God, the royal priesthood, as Peter would call you. And small group life is an amazing place where you get the opportunity to grow in that ministry of Jesus, be equipped in that ministry of Jesus, practice that ministry of Jesus and then go and do it in your other real everyday life, you know. So um, we encourage you again this morning, and we're gonna, Trent's going to lead us in all of that, but I just want to say thanks, um, thanks to Trent for the way he's been involved and equipping and helping over the last six months. It's just been, he's been a wonderful support and friend to us all in that journey. Okay, so have you got your woo-woo ready? Would you welcome Trent Jacobs? You could clap too. (laughs) Father, thanks for Trent. Thanks for Karen. Just thanks for their love for you and your kingdom. Thanks for their hunger to see signs and wonders just breaking out through people's lives everywhere, including through small group life. And we just ask now, Holy Spirit, as Trent speaks, that you would just uh, speak to all of our hearts, all of our minds. You would even call us on into the deeper realities of, of being the fellowship of believers in the earth. So Holy Spirit, just come, we ask, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, mate. Um, I'm going to... Place of honor for my Coke Zero. Um, thanks for the first woohoo there, Darren. That was very good of you. I, I do love you very much. Um, it hasn't been mentioned yet, but there's these little cards which are on the tables as you walk into the church. If you're new to the church or if you've got questions about the church or if you wanted to connect with something that's going on in the church, grab one of these, fill in all of the information. It's not too much, and it's not so that we can spam you, but it's so that we can connect with you, see where you are, uh, see where you want to be involved, see if you need prayer or there's or prophetic words, prayer requests, or comments. So any of that, grab one of these, fill it in, and because uh, we'd love to welcome you into the church because, well, actually a lot of that is what I'm going to be speaking about this morning. Actually, so this morning, I want to say to you guys, I love you, Corey. I hope you know that. I want to say to you guys, you need to be in a kinship. Okay, you need to be in a kinship. 
So should we do some ministry time now or? Tim's on board, I like it. Uh, look, there's more to it than that, but really that is, that is my heart. Um, my heart is for every single person in this church to be involved in some way in a small group. And, and later on today, we're going to have um, all of the, 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 the kinship leaders are going to come up and they're going to share their heart for where their kinship is. And we're going to get some information about what it is that they do um, so that we can take kinships and really put them front and center that we can um, show you guys our value, well, how much we value kinships. So, but before I speak about kinships, what I'm going to, I'll, I'll give you sort of the before of where we're going to be going. I want to speak about um, some of the stuff that Kirk was speaking about this morning. I'm going to say a lot of it again, not as well. Um, but I want to paint a picture for you guys of what kingdom life looks like. Because Kirk said that part of what we do in small groups is release people to do the ministry of Jesus. And, and that is absolutely true. So I'm going to paint a picture of what doing the works of Jesus looks like. And then I'm going to bring that back into the context of, um, of kinship. So to, for this to be a legal vineyard meeting, I need to speak about the kingdom of God to some extent. And... I was just saying to Kirk earlier, um, you know how easy it is to speak about the kingdom of God when people have just seen it, hey? Um, so what you guys saw earlier, that, that's, that's where we're wanting to go. So the kingdom of God, what is the kingdom of God? When, when I spoke uh, a, a couple of months ago on, on the kingdom of God, I spoke a lot about authority. Um, I want to step aside from that and, and, and speak about the rule and reign of God. We, we speak about the kingdom of God as the rule and reign of God, which is a, it's a great definition, but it's actually a terrible explanation because it doesn't really help us understand very much about what we're talking about. Because so, you don't see the rule and reign of something. Karen and I lived in England for seven years, and we never saw the queen. We never saw her ruling or reigning. Um, but we know, we, knew, we know that she was there. So, but what we do see even though we don't see the king ruling and reigning, we see the results of the decisions that they make because the decisions that they make become laws. Um, I was just in a mood yesterday afternoon, so I started looking up a few interesting laws that actually um, are still law. One of them is, I don't know if you guys know, but if you, are, if you live in Victoria, you are not allowed to change a light bulb unless you are a licensed electrician or you'll get a $20 fine. It's only in Victoria. Uh, John? Where's John? All right, just be aware of that one. Um, there's, a, there's a couple of great ones from the States. So in Kentucky, in the States, it is the law that a person must bath once a year. In Florida, it is against the law to put livestock on a school bus. I don't know why they were doing that, but it is. Uh, this is a great one. Okay, um, John, this is for Victoria as well. So in Melbourne, if you're a man and you feel the need to cross-dress, that's okay. But the dress must have straps. That's law. Um, since 1925 in California, it has been illegal to wiggle while dancing. That's the law. Anyway, so, so rulers make decisions, and these decisions become law. Okay. Um, Let's paint a picture. Let's say, for example, the Queen of England decided that at 12 o'clock midday, every single day, every person needs to hop on their left leg. Okay? That's the decision that she makes. That then becomes law in England. So if you are in England 
at midday, you had better be seen hopping on your left leg or you are going to be punished because you are not obeying the law. If you live in France, come midday, feel free to ignore that completely. You don't have to be hopping on your leg. But if you're French and you move over into the borders of England, where you are under the rule and reign of the Queen of England, you better start hopping at 12 o'clock because that is the law within the boundaries of the rule and reign of the Queen of England. So, the kingdom of God is the rule and reign of God. And God has made some decisions which have become law. And, and, and we've got a whole lot of them written down here. And I try and imagine the impact that that would have had if I'd lifted an actual Bible instead of an app. It would have been more effective. But God has made some decisions that have become law. So what are the laws of the kingdom of God? What kind of laws are in the kingdom of God? I'll give you a few. Thou shalt not be blind. Thou shalt not be deaf. Uh, thou shalt not be oppressed. Thou shalt not be hungry. There are a number of things which God has decided shall be law. And these are the things that we see in the rule and reign of God within the kingdom of God. That is the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God, that people are not to be blind, people are not to be deaf, people are not to be lonely, people are not to be left out, people are to be fed, no one is to be oppressed, no one is to be captive. These are the laws of the rule and reign of God. Now, if you, may, if you are blind, and you make the decision to stay outside of the boundaries of the rule and reign of God, and you want to stay blind, by all means, do it. You, are, you don't have to. Uh, you, you can stay blind. But step into the boundaries of the kingdom of God, and suddenly you are under the rule and reign of God, and the rule and reign of God has some authority over the fact that you are blind and you want to see. So now we know what, the, um, what, what happens when you step into the kingdom of God, right? You step into the kingdom of God and the blind see, the deaf hear, people who are oppressed are set free, the captives are set free, people who are hungry are fed, people who are lonely are welcomed into a family. This is what happens when we step into the boundaries of the kingdom of God. So now we know what the kingdom of God is. We know what happens when you step into the kingdom of God, but here's a good question. Where is the kingdom of God. Okay, and this is, where, this is where it gets tricky. Tell the person next to you to listen carefully because this is, there we go, this is where it gets a little bit trickier because, okay, we've done that. That's fantastic. Um, when, when Jesus was here, he had a lot to say about the kingdom of God. And when he says that, he speaks about the kingdom of God as something that is coming. He speaks about the kingdom of God as something that is near, like within reach, right at the tips of your fingers. And then in, in, in Luke 4 as well, where he speaks about how the kingdom of, um, how the spirit of the Lord is on him to, um, to uh, speak good news to the poor, to bring sight to the blind, set the captives free. He sits down and said, this has been accomplished. This has already been done. So we see that there is this tension between the kingdom of God is already here, but the kingdom of God is still coming. This is what we speak about as, uh, you know, some people speak about the now and the not yet. The kingdom of God is now and the kingdom of God is not yet. 
Very subtle, bro. So, um, so the kingdom of God is now, and the kingdom of God is also not yet. We've got this kind of tension that we live in. Um, now, one of the re- there's a lot of stuff that I love about the kingdom of God, but one of the things is its approach and understanding to the kingdom of God. I don't know if you guys know, but the, the, uh, the Vineyard Movement comes out of Calvary Chapel in the States. And the cult, one of the things that we inherited from our relationship with them is, is a good kingdom of God theology. They were um, quite influenced by the writings of a chap named Ladd, who uh, influenced Wimber as well in his understanding of, of the kingdom of God. But there was one difference. With Calvary Chapel, their default position is the kingdom of God is coming, and sometimes it is here. John Wimber, on the other hand, believe that the, the kingdom of God is here, it's near, but sometimes it is still coming, okay? So what we want in the Vineyard Movement is more now, less not yet. More now, less not yet. And what's awesome about this is that we have some say in the whole matter about when the kingdom of God comes. Because Jesus taught us to pray, and when he taught us, he said that we should say, let's uh, Father, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What he's saying is, guys, you need to say, Father, would you take the boundaries of your kingdom and take this area that we're in it and include this area in the boundaries of your kingdom? That's the first part, let your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Think about that. May your rule and reign, which is the blind will see, the deaf will hear, the captives are set free. May your will be done in this area where your kingdom has come as it is in heaven, right here, right now, immediately. Jesus said, this is how I want you to pray. This is how I want you to pray. Um, we've been singing a song lately. Um, it's a song that comes out of Bethel. It's, essentially, it's the, the Lord's Prayer sung to, uh, sung to music. And the chorus is... Um, uh, let, your, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And this song has been, it's, it's been really moving us in, 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 in the church. And uh, one of the reasons I believe why that is happening is because what we're doing is we're singing back to God what He is saying to us. And I believe for a long time what the Lord has been saying to us is proclaim my kingdom. Proclaim my kingdom. Stop accepting the things that are contrary to the rule and reign of my kingdom. Stop seeing people who are ill and thinking that's okay. We need to step into that situation and say, no, this is contrary to the rule and reign of the kingdom. And you know what? I, I can do something about this because I can step into that place and I can say, God, let your kingdom come. And the boundaries of the kingdom of God will surround that person. And we can then say, illness be gone in the name of Jesus. We can step into that situation and change it. It was actually, um, it, was, it was just last week, I was, I was standing here with a bunch of guys having a, a moan about something. I can't remember what it was. Um, and uh, anyway, Ash, Ash, Ash was standing there as well. I didn't even have time to finish my moan, actually. I was about halfway through, and he just kind of walks up and shoves his hand on my chest, and he starts proclaiming the kingdom of God and sorting the situation out. He does that because he understands. Sorry, Ash, I'm going to pick on you. He understands that 
you can look at a situation that you don't like, but you don't have to accept it. You can do something about it. You can change it because we can say, Father, let your kingdom come. Okay. Um, I want to call Joe up, actually. Joe, do you, want, do you want to just step up? I don't know if you guys know Joe Pringle. She's awesome. She joins us with the Healing on the Streets team as well sometimes. And I've asked, I've asked her to share a story. So, aren't you glad this is a, an audio podcast and not a video podcast? Um, okay, so, Joe, you, you were in some pain. Yes. So, um, so, a little bit of background story was about two and a half to three years ago, I went back, uh, I, well, I grew up dance, as a dancer and then about, I had a knee reconstruction and then about two and a half to three years ago, I went back because I wanted to start back up again. And the first night I went back, I partially tore my Achilles tendon. So I ended up back on crutches again and it didn't sort of go well. <laughs> and, um, but it wasn't bad enough for... Um, surgery or anything like that. Anyway, probably about a few months later, I had a lot of pain and I could barely walk. I couldn't move my foot. Standing was horrible. Walking was horrible. I could barely walk. I couldn't sort of roll my foot as a natural walking motion. So I went and saw my GP and we did another scan on it and it showed that I had a bursa. So a bursa is basically, I think what he described to me is an inflamed sac of fluid around my Achilles, which was kind of causing the pain. So I, I do believe in modern medicine. It helps as well. But in this case, it didn't work. Um, I had a steroid injection, which really, really hurt. It was quite painful. And I said, I'm not do doing it again. And it didn't work. Um, so I had the injection and then within a day or two, the pain came back twice as bad. Um, so I'm like, okay, God, what do you want me to do? Like, I need this to go away. So I was receiving a lot of prayer about it and it took a long time. Like I was receiving prayer each time I was coming to church about it. And then I... it So... To cut a long story short, I can now walk. I've got no pain. And when Trent actually um, texted me yesterday, I had to actually go, which foot was it? <laughs> um, <laughs> I kind of stood there going, okay, so I had my right knee reconstructed. Oh, that's right. It's my opposite leg. So I've got no pain, no residue pain, like nothing, it, there's nothing there anymore. So it's gone and through the beauty of healing, through the power of prayer, through the connection of people just praying for you as well, it's gone and <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you, let's give the Lord a hand. Thanks Joe. I appreciate that. Okay, so doing ministry like Jesus, in the kingdom of God means stepping out and taking hold of the miraculous and doing the miraculous, okay? So, fair enough, it is quite, it's a big task and it's quite a scary task, but there's more. Um, just to make it a little bit harder, the kingdom of God is not just about the, super, the supernatural and miracles. The kingdom of God is also very practical. Um, I just want to read a few verses here from Matthew 25. 
And this is Jesus um, speaking, um, and he's, uh, he's sharing a parable. And he says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we do all of those amazing things? It's the Trent Bridge version. And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. The kingdom of God is a very practical place. We often see the apostles walk around and they would walk up to a lame person and say, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. We don't ever see any of the apostles walk up to a hungry person and say, in the name of Jesus, you are no longer hungry, you're full of food. Instead, they went about the practical practice of giving them food. Even Jesus worked this way. He's surrounded by thousands of hungry people. Jesus can do anything. He can say, in the name of Jesus, you are no longer hungry, you are full. What he instead does is he takes some loaves and some fishes and through the miraculous multiplies it. Then they go about the practical steps of feeding a bunch of people. The kingdom of God is a very practical place. Um, so what I'm saying to you is that not only do we need to be living in the realms of the miraculous, we also need to be living in the realms of practical serving and helping people. Um, I want to just call, call Nick up, actually, because I know she's um, had an experience recently where she received some practical help from, uh, from a bunch of people. So, Nick, do you want to share that? Sure. I'd love to. Um, so, everybody knows in December last year I was very sick and had pneumonia and um, was in hospital for a week and then recovering for many, many weeks. And in that time, um, I had people come and visit me in hospital. And I act, so I actually had the both. I had people praying for me, um, and I could certainly feel that. And I believe that my recovery was much quicker as a result of the prayers of the saints, everybody praying and asking God to heal me. Um, and but also I had a lot of practical help so um, women came and cleaned my house uh, did baskets of ironing all of those awful chores that are relentless and you do them and then turn around and they're there again um, so there's just been such a spirit of generosity towards me in my time of ill health um, I had meals prepared for my family and um, when I reflect on that um, and you know, see people really being Jesus towards us. Um, I can look back further than last year. I can look back, you know, five years earlier, I had the swine flu, do you remember, when that was like really prevalent and if you go to the exhibition, you'd get the swine flu or whatever. And even back then, um, you know, people would offer to um, go and do my groceries for me and cook meals. Um, so just lots and lots of practical help. And um, I, I can even look back at last week, or it was a week before when I had a lovely vomiting illness, um, just people ringing and saying, what can I do? And sometimes you, you can't think of, you know, what can you do? Or you think, you can't possibly do that chore for me. 
because um, you often also have this other voice going, no, you're okay, you should, you know, not have somebody come and lovingly serve you. But that absolutely is the kingdom of God in action when we love our brothers and sisters and we get God's heart for them and we want to help them and um, we just want to love them through their time of need. So that has been my experience. Thanks, Nick. I really appreciate that. I want to ask Kath to share a quick story as well. I know we're quite short on time, but I love this. I love this story. Just that, that story of healing that you told me about earlier. If you wouldn't mind sharing that, that would be great. This is Kath Smith. If you guys don't know, she's awesome. A few friends and I heard um, of a lady who had an ulcer on her leg that was not medically responding. And we gathered to pray and we gathered a, a, a prayer cloth anointed it with oil and sent it with our friend. And when she spoke to the lady, the lady just received the love and the prayers that we had extended to her. And she put this prayer cloth on her leg and almost immediately it started to heal. But gradually over a few weeks it was completely whole. We've never met this lady, but it's just an extension of believing of having a heart of compassion when you hear someone in need and then doing what you can to help. Thanks, Kath. I really appreciate that. I love that story. It's just incredible. So the kingdom of God, big and scary, but can you guys see? We're already doing it. We're already doing it. Joe, where, where were you when you were prayed when you got healed? Joe was at Kenship. Nick, who was it that organized the help for you when you were stuck in, um, at, in, at home ill? It was, it was a kinship group. Kath, I'm okay. Kath, who was it that sent out that um, anointed uh, piece of cloth? It was your kinship. Guys, there is no better way to get equipped to do the things of the kingdom of God than to be in a kinship. Without a doubt, in my opinion, it is the best discipleship tool that we have. Because in, in this room, and we're going to hear from them in a second, we've got a bunch of, of, of kinship leaders who their heart is to look at the people in their kinship and to try and recognize in them the identity and the skills, the gifts that God has put on them and to draw them out in you in a safe place. It is the best discipleship tool that we have. It's the best evangelistic tool that we have. You know, for the last year and a half, we've been meeting out at Woody Point, doing healing on the streets, doing crazy risky stuff. More people have come to know Jesus in the life of kinship than doing crazy risky stuff out at Woody Point. Because um, people getting to know Jesus is a process that they go through, and it's almost always through friends and family, and it's always um, something that happens over a long period of time. A kinship is, Kirk said it earlier, it's the front line of partial care that we have. If you want good partial care, there's no better place to get it than in a kinship. Um, Kirk and Nick are awesome. They're really, they're amazing partial people. But I, and I haven't, haven't run this past them, so I'm just going to throw it out there. I know that Kirk and Nick's heart is to disciple people who will stand on their shoulders and do greater things than they do. And I see how Kirk and Nick spend themselves on the leadership in this church and on the kinship leaders, training them, developing them, speaking into their lives, feeding into their lives. 
We've got a bunch of kinship leaders who are so uh, gifted and fully equipped to be able to pastorally care for you. Kinships are our best pastoral tool, I believe. It's also the best way to connect with people. Um, if you are wanting to get to know people in this church at a deeper level than, hey, how are you doing? There's no better place to do it in a kinship. Because you get to know people, you get to pray with them, you get to walk the hard yards with them, you get to pray through the difficult things with them. So guys, you need to be in a kinship, okay? You need to be in a kinship. Because a kinship is, you know, Kirk, and Kirk said it earlier, it's about equipping people to go and do the works of Jesus. Because the next step after that, by the way, is you start living your life like you're always in kinship. So that when you're sitting at work and the person sitting next to you tells you that they've got a migraine, you don't offer them a Panadol. You say, well, you know what, at our kinship, if someone's got a headache, I'll pray for them. So let your kingdom come in the name of Jesus, your headache be gone. You know, we live life like we're always in kinship. It just makes it easier. Guys, I want to, um, how many kinship leaders have we got? I want to, I want to invite you guys to come up. Um, do you guys want to come over and, and stand in, in the ministry area over here? And I'm going to ask you guys to come up one at a time. These guys, yeah, come up. These guys are going to be sharing. Uh, we'll, we'll just, let's uh, uh, to make it quicker so that we can kind of, um, get everyone up nice and smoothly. These guys are going to be sharing the details about their kinship. Now, I want to encourage you guys, if you're not in a kinship, be listening to the Lord to say, which kinship do you want me to be a part of? Don't look for the one that you think might be the most fun or the most exciting. Ask the Lord to show you where you can contribute the most because that is how you will grow the most. So, Tim, you're, you're the closest. I'm just going to hand straight over to you because you look so excited about it as well. So, and, and, and these guys, are, um, they're, they're awesome. They've, they've practiced doing this in under a minute, haven't you? So, because that's all we have. So there we go. So, um, hey, how are you? Uh, so I've just recently started a men's group. And, what? No, you don't. No, up here? Over here. Somewhere? Okay, is that better? All right, mate. So, uh, like I said, I've just recently started a new men's group up, and the idea of it is that it's a place for guys to come, talk with one another, get through the, you know, the everyday nitty-gritty of life, because, I mean, let's face it, you need to talk to another bloke sometimes about things you just can't talk with other people about. So, <coughs> so what I was saying is uh, every other Wednesday at the moment, until we get our numbers up, we've decided that we're going to run a men's group. And at that time, we get together, we socialise, we talk, we sing, we get to know the Lord a bit better, and we get to know one another a bit better. And we've now started, we're now starting a new study, which is called Fight. And it's all about being a man, standing up and fighting all the things we have to deal with in life, all the things we must do. So that's pretty much about it for me. Okay, I've got a little fire that I'm going to hand out if anyone that's interested. And it's on Wednesday nights, starts at 7 o'clock till 9 o'clock. Um, and then my mobile number's on there so you can contact me and say, look, I'd like to come or not, etc. Okay? Okay. Okay. All right. Hi, everybody. We've got a, we've, here, here's our kinship plan, right? So, uh, uh, we're Dave and Carly Hockey, and we've, <laughs> and, and we've, John! <laughs> it's all right, no? We'll just let that one hang there, John. You're going to wear that. I'm not stepping in the middle of that. 
Um, so kinship can be difficult to do with a family. So our plan is this: we're going to meet um, every every. Oh, we're going to meet at three o'clock or three thirty on a Sunday afternoon. And we're going. The way we're going to do it is this: on week one, assume we're the first Sunday of the month. It might be all the blokes. Just the blokes will get together, and the ladies can stay home and do their thing with with children and the like. All right. Hang on. Whoa. Let me finish. And then week two. That's right. And then and then week two will be everybody. Now. It's not specifically for families, but we are trying to set it up so that it's family friendly. So when when our kinship gets together, there's going to be lots of kids everywhere. We got we got seven to start. We'll we'll get the ball rolling with seven children, and that's why we're meeting on a Sunday in the afternoon so that uh, there's time to be able to do what we're going to do and then get home, get the kids to bed, all that jazz. I need to hurry up. So each week when we meet as a whole group, so on the second Sunday. It's everybody. Third Sunday will be just the ladies, and yeah. the blokes can be round. Yeah. And then, and then fourth Sunday we're all in again. So uh, it's a good plan. When we get together, we will we will do similar to what we do church. We we've got some talented musicians in the group. Carly plays spoons. She's a bit rusty, but <laughs> keep that quiet. I just say, oh, that's beautiful, darling. Good rhythm there. <laughs> Not about this. Um, sorry, I got a little sidetracked there. So we will do normally what we do at church, where we'll we'll enjoy each other's company in worship, but we're also going to get right into the Word of God and ground that in our lives. So there'll be some good, solid time together of of getting into the Word, praying together, and just sharing life and loving each other in a, a, a mini sort of church environment. That's our plan. Good plan. They're looking after the kids. They're doing the washing and the ironing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rise up, men. Rise up. Well, we're, we're, it's all very, we should say, it's all very negotiable. Once we get everyone together, we, we talk about that because there is Sunday football on too. So maybe the play, I don't know. I don't know. It's all very negotiable. But you get the picture. So come see us if you're interested. Cool. Uh, Right, so I am here, very excited to announce that we're going to be starting, Trent and I are going to be starting a new kinship group. It'll be as of the 11th of June, that will be our first one. Um, And what we're wanting to do is just really reflecting what Trent has just talked about. We are so hungry to go deeper into the things of the kingdom of God and to really explore and stretch ourselves in doing the things that Jesus did. So this is going to be a little bit of a dangerous home group, kinship group. Um, so it's not for, it's not going to be tame in any way. Those people who join us need to be up for a bit of a stretch, a bit of a challenge. Trent and I want to be challenged by the group as well, but just to press in and press in. We're starving, we're hungry for the deeper things of God. So we're going to be meeting um, fortnightly on a Wednesday from 7.30, and then we've structured it so that Um, on the in-between weeks, we will meet on a weekend to do something practical. So we'll have a bit of, on the Wednesday nights, it will be about chatting through some kingdom theology, discussing, sharing with each other, worshipping together. And then on the weekend, it will be about 
walking that out. So whether that means just going out for a morning and doing random acts of kindness, whether it means going to visit some sick people, whether it means going to pray for people in the streets, or you know just to feed the hungry, whatever that might mean. It will be something practical on the weekends, and then every second weekend we'll do a social. So that will be about caring for each other, just getting to know each other on a deeper level, and just walking through things and praying for each other. So quite a lot in the four weeks. It'll alternate each week, um, but we would love to have some people join us that, that are willing to, to step out of their comfort zones. I'll be quick. Um, I'm Chris Woodrow, and I lead the Young Adults Kinship Group. Um, the first question everyone wants to know is, what is a young adult? They want me to put numbers on it. If you were to force me to write something down, I'd say 18 to 35. But if you're a little bit younger or a little bit older, we'd still love to have you along. Um, we've got an awesome crew together that love each other, and um, they really love the kingdom of God spiritually, and they're awesome in demonstrating the practical kingdom of God too. So it's really awesome, and come along. Oh, sorry. Um, 7.30, Wednesday nights, every Wednesday night in my house. And if you're interested, I'll give you my address. Alrighty, my name's Corey, and um, we've sort of started up a new kinship group called the G300, which meets every third Sunday afternoon, three, uh, five till seven. We sort of have a bit of food and just chat. It is predominantly for our senior youth, um, but that doesn't mean you can't come because the idea of our meeting together is to basically to affirm them, support them, and walk with them as they transition out of being a teenager into a young adult. And, um, and being the church and what that means for them to already be active members and enrol involved in the church. So we just want to walk alongside them and encourage them and um, lift them up and empower them. So there is no age limit on it, just the focus is senior youth. So um, I think that's a bit. We meet at our joint, so it's all good. But um, I have a little card. You can stick it in your wallet. So if you're keen to be a part of that, love to chat to you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Nicole. You probably already all know me. Um, I lead, I am about to recommence um, a women's kinship group that I was leading last week, uh, last year on a Wednesday. It's now a Friday morning um, every fortnight. Um, had a bit of a false start last fortnight when I was sick, so we're definitely on this Friday ladies, um, from 9.30 till 11.30 at my house. Um, and Small children are welcome. We will set them up with some things um, to play and do. Um, but I just wanted to throw it out there to every lady. So if you've got little kids, that's fine too. We can work around that because God, God loves to um, have them part of it as well. And so we um, will worship together. When Olivia is available, she's going to be leading worship. Woohoo! Um, so we will have live worship, no CDs, which they're awesome too. We, we were doing CDs, but now we will have live worship. Um, but our heart is just to love each other, fellowship together, and um, 
just really connect with the real Jesus um, and discover just a new level of love for our lives from Jesus and, and to care for each other. And um, we're going to start by reading this book together. So I'll, we'll have copies available. Um, it's by Max Licardo Grace. Um, and it's a really great read and I'm looking forward to journeying that with you all together and challenging each other and... Um, yeah, just extending our experience of the kingdom of God. Thanks. Hello, I'm Caitlin and this is Maciel and we run the girls' kinship group. So from ages 12 to 18 and it's every second Sunday from 12.30 to 2. And it's fairly new. We started it at the beginning of this year. And our hearts are just really to build relationship among each other <laughs> and um, just for all of us to find who we are in Christ and the massive dreams that he has, you know, placed in our hearts for us to achieve. So, yes, that's our girls' group. <laughs> Done. I have the, the wonderful privilege of, of, of leading a women's group on a Friday um, and I asked some of the ladies on Friday what, to give me one word which they all struggled with <laughs> that described um, the kinship leader, the kinship group and fellowship, um, laid bare, connectedness, life-giving security, joy and support. We meet um, four, four times a week, four, four times a year for an eight-week block. Um, we're studying the book of Ephesians to know who um, we are in God and who God and who Christ is, is in us. Um, we meet on a Friday morning um, and we have a wonderful time. We've seen some really powerful testimonies of lives being changed and restored. And I just, it's an honour. It's a, such an honour. To be um, to be part of that frontline pastoral care because it's um, it's life giving. It's life giving to me to see lives changed and Jesus lifted up. Hi everybody, my name's David and uh, hi Kirk. <laughs> um, Carol and I lead a kinship, but we do it quite differently. Carol stays home and prays in bed while I go to the kinship. Uh, but that's a very legitimate process. Uh, we meet in the Mercy Centre at 7.30 every Wednesday night. So I haven't got any flyers, but I can even remember that. So you people are all more than able to do that, I'm sure. 7.30 Wednesday night in the Mercy Centre. Our focus is on um, getting to know one another with the Lord. We worship when we meet and we eat and then we eat and then we worship and then we eat some more. But then we also talk while we eat and we pray for one another while we eat and then we all go for a run to lose weight. No, we don't do that. But, but the, the focus of the kinship group is that we have an open door and everybody is welcome and we like to be very real with one another. Uh, we resolve domestic disputes. We resolve disputes between sisters who want to beat up on one another while they're at kinship. 
Anna and Ollie, they're beautiful. <laughs> we have a lot of fun. We, we genuinely have a lot of real fun, but it's real because the Lord is in the middle of it. And so if any of you want to join us, um, you're very welcome. If you're not part of a kinship group, um, there is no barrier for um, mental skill or theology um, because I lead it. And so it's very, very simple. Time is 7.30, location in the Mercy Centre next door, every Wednesday night. Hi, we're uh, Craig, Danny, and Kundai's next door. This is Nyasha. Um, we're running a, a kinship group uh, every second Tuesday at our house uh, from 6.30. Kids are welcome. Uh, we meet, we have a light meal, uh, worship, talk, and get to know one another, and then pray. And we're hoping to once a month, on a Saturday probably, go out and do something that sort of semi-formal social that sort of uh, somehow work their way into the community. Good morning. I'm Neil. Hi, I'm Kate. <laughs> she wanted me to talk. So, uh, and this is what's your name? Jake. Jake. If you didn't catch that, um, we we have a family style kinship. Um, the way we run it is fairly flex. Now, we're, the practical is we because church is on first and third of every month. We're on the second and the fourth week, Sunday afternoon of every month at 3.30 till 6.30. Um, so that's the second week and the fourth week. We've got some flyers, so you don't have to remember that. Um, but we primarily, we have a big focus on involving the kids, particularly in worship. Um, even the younger kids, they get very involved, and uh, sometimes we even sing Spider-Man um, by request. <sighs> We'll do that next week. <laughs> um, so we have a we have a, do we do dinner first, don't we? Yeah, we generally have a dinner first, and then we do some worship, and then we then the kids are sort of free to go, um, and then we spend some more time in worship, and uh, then we pray and chat. So that's about the the season that we're in. Um, that season might change as we go, um, but anyone is welcome if they have kids. Of uh, the younger variety, you're most welcome. If you don't have kids, you're still welcome, but just be aware there are kids. That's all. Thanks, Jake. That was awesome. Guys, I'm going to ask you guys to, to fill up this little area here. Now, um, you kinship leaders, yes, you, you just find, a, find an open spot right here. We're going to pray for you guys. Being a kinship leader is, is a hard ask. You, you need to be a pastor, you need to be a teacher, you need to be a counselor, you need to be a leader, you need to be a host, you need to be a friend, you need to be everything. Um, and so I want, to, well, I want to call you guys up. We're going to surround these guys. We're going to call the kingdom of God and we're going to bless these guys. Um, so we're going to pray for them. Um, I want to encourage you guys to pray prophetically over the group. Um, Kirk, are we just going to um, sort of gather people around, or should we just get people to kind of file, in, file past? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a great plan. All right, so this is perfect. Uh, give, me, give, me, give me two seconds, guys. All right, so 
You guys, I want you to come up here, step into the kingdom of God, lay hands on these guys and, and pray for them and bless them. Just while everyone is coming up, put your hand up if you're a kinship leader so that we know that you're the ones that we need to pray for. So guys, come up, step up, follow Kirk. He's doing a great job. And, and find a kinship leader and start praying for these guys. Guys, did you want to come over here? I'll, I'll, I'll. That's, an, that's an awesome testimony, guys. I thank you so much, mate. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys, who've come up to start praying for these guys. If you haven't come up to pray, I really want to encourage you guys. Let's, let's step up and, and, and bless these guys. Step up and, and release them to do what it is that God is wanting them to do. So let's, let's get around these guys. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, we just ask you to release all your gifts of, of uh, prophetic utterance and encouragement and grace right now. We, as the body of believers, we come around you now and we bless and affirm the callings and the work of the Holy Spirit on your life to care for, to lead, to exhort, to love the people of Jesus in this place, right where he has us. Holy Spirit, just empower them and endow them with every good work that they have to do, Lord. Just empower them and endow them with your Holy Spirit. We bless you and we affirm you and we, we receive the way the kingdom comes through you in your love for the people of Jesus in this place. Father, we pray also just a ever-broadening network of relationships that would find their way into the fabric of the relationship of this fellowship of believers. We, we call that network, um, and we release it, and we call the people to it. In Jesus' name, let the net of your love through this place, Lord, just continue to grow and grow and grow. In Jesus' name, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit.